And we're back. Thank you for sticking with us. That is not a robot podcast. That is who we are. We are not robots. Despite what the people tell you. Don't listen to them. They are robots. They are robots. Exactly. Okay, so we are picking back up with our reviews in our full dive section, despite the fact that it's pretty much been the whole show anyway. Thanks to me. (laughs) Silly Rob. Oops. Yeah, uh, we are going to jump into space with Batman number 130, and Brandon is going to tell us about that one. My pleasure. Yes, this is Batman 130, the final chapter in the failsafe arc, the first arc of the new run on Batman, brought to us, of course, by Chip Zdarsky with art from Jorge Jimenez, uh, colors from Tomo Murray, and letters from Clayton Cowles. Batman, in an unbelievable feat of accomplishment, manages to survive his fall from space and crash lands in the Arctic. Yes, that really happened. If you want to find out how, read the book for yourself. No, it won't make sense. He makes his way somehow to the Fortress of Solitude, where Tim Drake is still looking after Superman, following his battle with Failsafe, informing them that Failsafe is coming and that he has a plan to override Failsafe's code and stop him. Batman and Tim gear up for their final assault with Superman leading the initial charge, though Failsafe gets the upper hand on Superman again. Uh, Batman is able to upload the nanovirus into Failsafe. For a moment, it seems to work, but Failsafe quickly overloads it, killing all hopes of defeating him. Batman realizes there's only one way that this ends, with his death. In a moment of damn near self-sacrifice, Batman accepts his fate, and Failsafe vaporizes him, leaving Tim inconsolable. But it may not be all as it appears to be, as a tattered and broken man in the suit of a bat appears in an alley somewhere. Our backup story, I Am the Gun, is in its last chapter as well. This is also by Chip Zdarsky, with art from Leonardo Romero, colors by Jordi Blair, and letters also from Clayton Cowles. With the Zurin R persona now in control of Batman's body, Zurin R brutally beats up Joker while Batman watches from a distance, trying to rationalize with his new violent persona. It seems as though all is lost when a memory of Martha Wayne steps in and reminds her son that he is not this violent psychopath, but Bruce Wayne, son of Thomas and Martha. With this, Bruce, rega- Whoa. Bruce regains control over his body just in time to save the Joker from a deadly fall. Later, Bruce realizes that he must be a safety for the gun that he is, and with Robin by his side, he can temper that darkness more easily. Now, there's always something lurking under the surface just out of sight. And that's how we end that backup story. Uh, as for the main story, ignoring all the laws of physics, uh, particularly the laws around thermodynamics and literally anything related to gravity, um, the rest of the issue functions fairly well. Um, and I think as a, as a setup for what comes next, it's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out. We've seen Batman you know, dead with about 50 quotation marks around it. Um, but this time I think will be a little bit different just because he's not traveling through time. He's not, you know, going undercover, although he probably might be. Um, he's just kind of adrift uh, and we'll, we'll have to see how that is. Plus he's, you know, incredibly damaged and, and who knows how he's going to be able to patch that up given that he's pretty much going to be isolated from everyone. So it should be an interesting new perspective and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Zdarsky plays all that out. Um, I am a gun. I thought ended about as well as it could this, uh, peek into the, the year one of Zurin R, um, as they're, as they're calling it. Um, and a, a really nice way to kind of tie everything together, but definitely sort of an unsettling ending, um, seeing, you know, that even though he's able to kind of 
temper is his violent personality. It's still there lurking under the surface and he's going to have to wrestle with that, um, which we obviously know. And it's, it's kind of like a wink and a nod. We, the reader, obviously know that he is going to have to wrestle with that in a couple years time when he goes mm-hmm. through Batman R.I.P. And Simon mm-hmm. Hurt, you know, basically activates that trigger wound. So it's almost like, yeah, it is under the surface and just wait until it uh, resurfaces its ugly head uh, once more. But uh, yeah, no, the first story really phenomenal way to end it art is impeccable as always um and i I know batman falling from space and surviving will drive people up a wall it nearly did me and i hate physics um but uh the rest of it i think the emotional core was uh, was good um so i gave the main story a nine out of ten and the backup story an 8.5 composite score of roughly 8.75 but i'm in a generous mood so i'll give the whole issue a nine out of ten what did you guys think? Um, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the whole Holy issue shit. was a bit of a mindfuck, uh, at yeah. least for the first part, with the falling from space. As cool as it was, at the end you're just like, no, <laughs> no, that's not no. how this works. <laughs> no, what are you doing? No. I mean, it is comic books I, at the end of the day, so you can you yeah. can kind of give it some space. But it's like, I, all right, I can got to draw a line at some point. This, uh, you got to like give it uh, logic. You have yeah. to give it some space. But the fact that yeah. Bruce can sail down to Earth from space without burning up—that's <laughs> yeah. And ignoring that, reentry aside, space. <laughs> yeah, even even if even if his I know this sounds like total like Glavin pushing up my glasses like oh no, but no, um, that type it of nerd common sense like, even <laughs> even ignoring yeah even ignoring reentry like there's no way that the <laughs> there's no way that the tensile strength of any cape would be enough to slow down a descent that much that you would not fall oh. and crush every single bone in your body. But the man just gets up and shakes it off like nothing. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, You would need a parachute the size of an airplane to to even have a hope of, you know, slowing down your descent. I I, I can forgive the stuff in space with the oxygen tank, Mm because from what we know of space, that that makes sense. Right? With the Mm -hmm. pressure and the the release and and slowing and, and speeding up and whatnot. I get that. Um, and the passing out, yeah, totally, I get that. But yeah, the re-entry just makes no sense. I I get your yeah. your cape and your trunks for some reason are heat resistant, but you're not. <laughs> Why didn't you pass out from the heat? I, I told I you, I told Superman the exact that temperature, but I do remember thinking like when I read what what the temperature of a of the surface can be when you're going into re-entry of a like a ship or something mm-hmm. it's insanely high no human can stand that yeah it's like I near melting who point you are. i think yeah ungodly hot insane yeah and that's melting There's point no for way. metal not like a human body which is a lot weaker and susceptible exactly. to heat it just makes no freaking sense and as somebody <laughs> pointed out online so his suit can survive but his mask <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, the more you try and question it, the less it makes sense. So I was just like, all right, whatever. yeah, I give up. And then, like you said, with the cape, there's no way that cape would be able to slow his descent enough. The boy that he still even made a sound when he landed, and then just stood up, brushed the snow off, and like, all right, Leo, let's go. I'm, I'm safe now. No, you fucking aren't. 
You should be dead. Him and Space Ghost off-panel had recently designed a new cape. (laughs) Space Ghost. Does the cape go coast to coast? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. I'll be here all week. I'll just try the video. After that, uh, I was I was all for it. Like that was an exciting intro, as much as it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but after that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm freaking, I'm prepared for this fight. Let's go with Superman and and then Tim and Bruce going out and cautioning. Like, okay, I as as cheesy as it was, I love the line. Like this this robot failsafe was designed to defeat Batman, but he's not prepared. To Beat Batman and Robin. Okay, Bruce. <laughs> Semantics. Sure. All right. All right. <laughs> this, All right this reminds me a lot of uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. No man can defeat me. I am no man. Okay. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs> All right. Uh, I feel yeah. so inspired now. Wow. I loved it. <laughs> I may be complaining a lot, but I freaking loved it. I'm gonna be honest with you. And the backup. Uh, finishing off the Zerenar year one was was fantastic. Um, just showing how insane that personality is. Oh goodness! Uh, I honestly I gave this a nine point two five out of ten. As, as much as science was basically shot in the head, like it it's named Thomas or Martha, um, I still enjoyed it. Where do you hear that name? Poor poor Isaac <laughs> Newton is spinning in his grave. Yeah, I don't think he oh, would boy. care about Batman. To be honest, no. I, I don't know. I think you'd be fascinated. <laughs> really? How did you do that? I want to know. Yes. Uh, he'd be like Martin Scorsese talking about comic book movies. Yeah, and it's sort of like <laughs> as as he's drafting his Principia um, and is you know trying to really lay the groundwork on the laws of physics, particularly around gravity. He's like, well, I got to put in a little caveat that says. That <laughs> says, "Screw all of that." Batman breaks all laws. <laughs> it's just like it's like it's like your trump card, where it's like, okay, yeah. here's how things normally work, but then also fuck you, because Batman can do anything. <laughs> These are the laws of physics, except if your name is Bruce Wayne. Yes, yeah. then you can just break that shit, I guess. Yeah, and then he breaks the kayfabe, and we find out that all of the flying superheroes have been secretly allowed to fly, empowered to fly. By farts. Did, did you just say kayfabe? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, breaking I mean, kayfabe. Just... Fucking hell. I thought I heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> they keep up an act that it's a superhero ability and really is just super bad gas. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a as... way to slow your descent, right? Batman. Right. <laughs> that's what it Very is. Very true. Yeah, that's why you never you never see him having any bat beano. But um <laughs> all of the art in this was just so nice to look at for uh front and back up. Uh I gotta be honest, two issues, Batman's reentry into Earth. Uh we've already been over that. Batman getting zapped by failsafe, there's a crater left behind. To me, there's only two things that could have happened. One, he uh, was teleported to some place um, 
another area. I kind of got some Crime Alley vibes from it, but not really. Yeah. I didn't see the theater. It just kind of mm. felt that way. Um, so I don't know if he had a, you know, uh, at the very last tenth of a second, Batman pressed the button that teleported him someplace and he fell out of the sky or some shit. Yeah. Or, um, oh yeah, that's really it. There's no other explanation for him to to be able to survive. There's a fucking crater left behind. Yeah. That said, I still had a fucking good time reading it. It was yeah. a fun issue. It was entertaining. And if I'm not reading it like I am the newspaper, um, I just thought of Herschel Walker. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a Georgia thing. Anyway, um, excuse me. <laughs> it's uh it, it's it was a fun book and the uh like brandon said the backup ended it as good as it could uh all i gave the whole thing a 7.25 out of 10 fair enough uh yeah i forgot i actually had a theory about that as well and this again goes to the batman is always prepared scenario that maybe he knew failsafe would go for that weapon so he rejigged it or whatever to go to teleportation mode or something. I don't know. <laughs> Either that or he yeah. knew what it was. Um, and my other question coming out of this is where does failsafe go now? His objective it's there its objective is done uh, and is complete, but where does it go? Does it just go back to the cave and lay dormant or does it go self-destruct or does it go be a hero now? Because okay, you killed Batman. Now who's going to protect Gotham, jackass? Nope, he's going to go to Tahiti. <laughs> God, not Tahiti. It's uh, a wonderful place. He'll be drinking yeah. Mai Tais on the beach. Exactly. Ah, okay. Uh, we'll see where that goes. I, I, I feel like we should see Failsafe again one day, but a part of me, another part of me says uh, never again. I don't know. Um, that's if that's we're assuming that's that this is the end of the arc. I was I did say failsafe finale, so I'm going. Well, based on I that. mean, the, okay, so I mean this particular arc, but I we can't. I don't know if that in the next next arc that failsafe won't also be featured. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I feel like there's there's got to be some sort of bigger conclusion than what we got. All right, well, we'll see in the future. Uh, actually, in the new year, because it's December. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now we are going to, speaking of new year and Christmas, you know, it's very religious. So Indeed we may as well talk is. about a religious title in a way. Yes. The Sword of Azrael. Yeah. Uh, number five, which was brought to us on Writing Duties, Dan Waters with Art from Nicola Cismezia and Pablo M. Pilar with colors from I did a little Ruiz. research the other day and uh, I found out that the actual pronunciation is Nicola Cismezia. So say so that five is, times okay. fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did that too and I Cismezia. couldn't get it and I yeah, forgot it's... and I was like, it's Cismezia. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe I it is right, Slovakian. Slovakian? Slovakian? Oh, okay. Or Croatian. So. It might yeah. be Slovakian, something Maybe, like that. I could be wrong. It was weeks ago I looked it up, so I don't really remember. Don't quote me. Um, 
Right, colors are from Marissa Louise and letters are from Hassan Osmane Elhao. Uh, so basically, I do not remember her name and I did not get a chance to look it up. But the woman at the beginning of the series, uh, who also is supposedly an angel, is now clad in her own angel armor, uh, complete sorry, with. Sorry, sorry, no, I meant like like the her human name, not the angel. Oh, oh, yeah. Brielle. Yeah, I believe. Oh, okay, Brielle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's now clad in her own angel armor, complete with nails and glue and all sorts of shit into her body, which is making her bleed all over the place. It can't be comfortable. How is she not passing out? I don't understand that. Uh, Through the power of God. She has the god of yeah. the power of god and anime some, on her side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> god and anime and some very, very powerful sedatives, I imagine. <laughs> That's gotta be gotta be sedatives. Horse drank largest even. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she is ready to go with whatever the plan may be for her, uh, to be a yeah. new knight of the Templars. Uh meanwhile, uh Jean Paul Valley has made his way back to the castle where um oh my god the father valley wow i can't believe i forgot his freaking name is residing giving himself a uh, hundred lashes 40 lashes however many lashes it is uh for his prayer is... and john paul is understandably upset uh screaming why are you uh, why are you using my name uh your brother carl what's going on uh so they have it out they have a little discussion um, bring up the Order of St. Dumas and then Father Valley gets out his whip and is ready to bow uh, deep down so he brings the fight to Jean-Paul uh, meanwhile Jean-Paul and Asriel the angel within his mind it's kind of really confusing program the system, um, the system whatever it is uh, are, are just it's it's having a whole banner hulk moment from infinity war where he just doesn't want to come out because he's having an existential crisis and so jean paul's on his own but he's not going to go down uh just sitting there right he's going to fight back but he's he's no match for father valley so father valley keeps uh whipping the hell out of him and and eventually wins <sighs> meanwhile sariel has uh, uh come back from a mission where she discovered, excuse me, uh, and brought back the mother box of lore that basically started this whole journey with Azrael. And for re, um, further machinations that will happen, they're going to awaken more angels and various people, and things are just going to get worse. Uh, also on their team still is Vengeance, which I think is still very interesting. Uh, meanwhile, Father Valley and John Paul are still going at it. I say going at it, but Father Valley is going at it. John Paul is bleeding on the floor. It's not going well. Uh, however, John Paul has just about had enough, and through some Dragon Ball bullshit, he powers up, uh, <laughs> punches Father Valley in the face a couple of times, and then just starts screaming. And then you see an interior monologue between uh, Azrael and John Paul. Where John Paul is like, Ezreal, just, just like, come on. Like, just, come on. Like, come on. It's fine. You're going to lose sometimes. Just come on. Let's fight. Come on. So, Asriel wakens up 
Uh, as Jean-Paul uh, is looking at Father Valley over uh, to basically tell him, like, you're done. I killed Satan. I'm good. As Father Valley looks up at Jean-Paul and sees uh, not just the body of Jean-Paul standing there glowing, but also the angel Azrael shining. And as that ends, Azrael takes over and vows to bring Father Valley onto his side so they can finish off the Order and the Templar uh, Knights of the Templar once and for all to be concluded next issue still a great read almost makes me want an Azrael ongoing because this might be and I mean, like, don't get me wrong I have not read all of Nightfall but this might be the best Azrael story I've read I am completely yeah, sold I think the, story. the classic sort of Azrael is still up there as like a underrated classic but this is oh, yeah, this is close sure. yeah this is definitely close i i, I definitely haven't read yep. everything from asriel nightfall or not like <laughs> i started reading asriel maybe 10 years ago so you should read that would, you should would, also uh, read the one shot yeah. from death metal yeah i if you haven't read the the original sort that. of asriel from denny o'neill and joe casada i would recommend it yeah. I, I i picked up the check it out the col- well, not the collected edition, but some guy was selling the, the four issue series at C2E2, and I picked it up because I'd always been curious about it. It's a really good read, I have to say. Like, better than yeah. I thought it was going to be. Um, so, I, I would definitely recommend it. And really good yeah, art from like an early Joe Casada, if you're a fan. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I much prefer him as an artist over an editor in chief. <laughs> as you <laughs> mentioned. As people. I'm sure many people, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've said before, and I'll say it again, I am loving the anime influence in this book, though. It it fits so freaking perfectly. It's crazy. Uh, the, the art is just brilliant. Sismazija, uh, you're amazing. I want to see more of your stuff. <laughs> I, I want to I read more <laughs> books that you're featured in. Um, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I'm, I'm just loving this title. I don't want it to end, but as things happen... They, all things come to an end. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, See, no, I'm think... uh, I'm right there with you, Rob. Um, I sorry, I, I stepped over you. Um, but uh, no, I'm I'm right there with you, Rob. I, I would say it almost makes me wish for for uh, an Azrael ongoing. Um, but it's not even almost. Like I just wish we could have an Azrael ongoing. Like I feel there's enough gas here for a regular series. Um, and I, I would love to see what they could do with the second arc. But I think the the point of them extending the series might have already passed unless we get a miracle um, next month. Um, but no, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, it's just, it's just a phenomenal read and, and definitely, I, I hope it's getting the attention that it deserves. I don't know how much people are talking about it, but uh, I, I hope it's, it's good things because it's definitely there. Um, and uh, we, we talked very highly about uh, Arkham city order of the worlds and now sort of Azrael is right up there. And I, I feel like, you know, Dan waters knocks it out of the park with these, excellent six-issue series, and I'm hoping you just get something sustained, something ongoing uh, in the future, so um, fingers crossed. Um, but aside from that, my uh, my other uh, compliments echo yours, Rob. Love the art from Sismesija. Um, really great stuff there. Definitely see the anime influence, and uh, I, I also hope that he gets to do more stuff in the DCU very soon. Uh, so this one got an 8.75 out of 10 for me. Hell yeah man i spent this whole book like whoa but before i go any further um we all agreed that there's like this anime influence that we saw in this art 
Um, there was a cartoon back from when I was a kid. Uh, kind of a silly cartoon. It was a fun one to watch, but it was about... Uh, it's kind of maybe it was Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Um, there was a, like this long faced knight kind of dude with a weird looking helmet on. And, oh, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. I had a book about it. Ah, uh, there was a video game too. Dragon something. Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. There we That's, go. Yep. Yeah. And this animation, or this illustration, the the art in this book reminds me of that cartoon. Oh, I um, can see that. Yeah, but uh, we knew everyone knew that Father Valley had some kind of connection to Azrael, but uh, the fact that he's a step bro that kind of caught me off guard. Are they now going to be the celestial duo? Something like that. Holy something duo. like that something the religious holy duo. yeah <laughs> um i like what they did bonding the metal to sariel uh i like what they did with father valley and azrael and jean paul sharing one mind is cool as hell i really dig this i really like what they're doing here um they took a character that i honestly haven't cared about in like 20 years and made him a monthly must read and it's sad that next month is the last chance i can read um I gave this one a 9 out of 10, man. Super, super good stuff. But I I highly recommend you read all three arcs of the Nightfall Saga. And the the original Sword of Azrael. Yes, and the original Sword of Azrael as well. I I still have to commit to... I have to find the time still to to commit to my uh, read every single issue of Green Lantern starting with Showcase Twenty Two. <laughs> I'm still, I'm you're still not, you're down not on the Golden Age or All American Comics no, number twenty seven. I, I, I could, but I figure yeah, I might do that later because I actually have access to a lot of those issues. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. <laughs> Did you know this is I, this is going to be I a minor point because I know we got to. Yeah, because I, I know we got to keep it moving. But did you know I in I think it might have been like my because I was bored during the summer, like my sophomore year or something, and I wrote down every single um, creative team from the beginning of the Green Lantern title to I think it was at that point Grant Morrison was about to start their run. Um, have I have I ever sent you that list? No, I don't think I have. I, don't think I can I can that. shoot it over to you. I literally I took out a notepad and I just wrote it all out. Everything, yeah. What from yeah. All American Comics onwards? Yep. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to send. I send you a picture of that. When I can find it. Is it just the list of names, or do you have like the years they were active as well? I have everything. Oh shit! Actually, matter of fact, <laughs> while you guys introduce the next book, let me see if I can find it, and I'll send a picture. Right on. Yeah, as a matter right. of fact, well, Rob, I am sending you the link um, from the uh, from Comic Book Herald, where our buddy Nate is at. Um, I'm going to send this to you the uh, the link to the to to the collected reading order of the entire Nightfall oh, thing. Sick. It's basically Nightfall, Night Quest, and Night Send, but there's a couple right. of books that are in between that I think are just as good. And that those are the books you're gonna to want to read, man. Okay. I enjoyed every issue. I think my dad had one of them 
because I think I remember as a kid seeing it on the bookshelf, like one of the collected volumes. It might be in the basement somewhere. One day, probably Nightfall. That's the one everybody there really talks. I don't know how well you can see it. I'm trying to kind of hold it into the light, but oh yeah, you went to focus all in on this. Damn, yeah, I can yeah, see that oh, well. yeah. It's like one of those lazy summer days. You have nothing to do, so you go to as everyone does. You go to comicvine.com and you look up all the creative teams of Green Lantern from the beginning of time until the most recent, and you just write yeah. it down like a normal person. Oh yeah, oh, everybody does that. Yeah, it's a normal Tuesday. And I mean, honestly, the fact that you haven't cross-referenced them with all the other work that those creative teams have done is a little abnormal, Brandon. Uh, well, you know, I may or may not have done the exact same thing for Flash that I also have in this notebook that I've forgotten that I did. So <laughs> I definitely don't have any kind of sociopathic tendencies, I promise. None. None. As long as you're not repeating it, I think. Obviously no. not. Well, the funny thing is where it stops is the Flash Volume 5, or the fifth, you know, uh, the fifth publishing title of The Flash, which was that Joshua Williamson, which just goes to show you how right. old this thing is. What's that, Joshua? I thought the, I thought the one with Bart was the fourth one. <laughs> well, I have, I have, yeah, the Volume 2, which is 19, um, 1987 to 2009. And then volume three is the, the, um, cause it, oh, it takes like a little break. Cause the, Bart. Yeah. Cause the, the Bart yeah. series was technically flash the fastest man alive. Right. That's yeah, why I don't have that one. Um, and then right. volume four was the new 52 one or no volume. Yeah. No volume four was the new 52 one. Volume three was right before flashpoint, the brightest day title. And then volume five was rebirth with Joshua Wilson. Right. Yeah. So for the Green Lantern right, series, over. do you do you just have like the main Green Lantern title, or do you have like Green Lantern Corps and New Guardians and stuff like that? It was just the Green Lantern title. Yeah, oh, okay. um, right, that would have right. taken a separate list. Although I did technically, no, I didn't actually. Well, I, I, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I put, I technically put a note under the Green Lantern Volume Six, two thousand eighteen to twenty twenty one, by Grant right. Morrison. Um, I put a note under that that said, not a singular Green Lantern title, technically, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, 2016 yeah. to 2018, lasted 15 issues, all written by Robert Venditti. Yeah, which, funny enough, I actually found volume five of that at, the, at Bellarama. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I really needed friends in high school. <laughs> Rightfully <laughs> deserved. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Like rightfully deserving of the title librarian <laughs> yeah this is this is hey honestly man it's perfect <laughs> i love yeah. it yeah. okay uh yeah enough enough tangents so tangent over mm-hmm. we're going to jump into something a little poisonous right okay i got nothing poison ivy number seven uh and josh is going to tell us about that uh, i guess so all right. Written by G. Willow Wilson, Edgar as the guest artist this issue with colors from Arif Prianto. Lettering from Hassan Atsami Alhao with a cover from Jessica Fong. And man, she can really kill these Poison Ivy covers. Um, I don't know if I've seen her anywhere else and it's not popping into my mind, but man, for a cover artist, she's awesome. 
they're awesome. Uh, newly self-proclaimed avenging eco-terrorist, Poison Ivy, has decided to make Parson Montana home of the company Future Gas her next destination. The company is using, is using experimental fracking procedures and it catches Ivy's eye. She looks into it and finds creatures similar to what she had seen back in issue number four, the mindless spawns of Woodrow. She defeats them and decides without eating them. <laughs> and decides to investigate further. She applies for and gets a job at the company, naturally. On her first day, she's busted for spying by the owner of the company. She, the boss, knows who Poison Ivy is, and if, and she is someone from her past, Ivy's past, at the university that also worshipped the ground that Jason Wood, Woodrow walked on. Uh, she uses a device that neutralizes Pam's powers, and without them, she is overtaken by the Lamia Fungi. 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 Jesus. As the as-of-yet-unnamed boss lady walks out and an assistant walks in a few minutes later, Pamela Isley isn't looking very lively. Um, I am... I'm really digging where this feels like it's going and that it's just... Uh, two or three mini arcs about Ivy going super mm -hmm. eco-terrorist in each little like storyline. I could read that for a while, as long as it doesn't get cookie-cutter template style, you know what I mean? Then I'll, I'll, I'll still Definitely, be in. Yeah. 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 Um, I've, I've been enjoying this up until now, and that certainly hasn't changed with this issue. It's a lot of fun, interesting plot points, um, and a not-so-clean solution with awesome art all the way through. Yeah, man, um, Poison Ivy number seven gets a nine. I also really enjoyed this issue. I think this one was, I don't know if I was on for six, but six I thought was a solid conclusion, though still felt like I kind of needed something more. But this this definitely feels like it's pulling me back in, seeing Ivy, um, you know, with a, a whole new setting, which we're, we're used to at this point since she's been moving around a lot. But definitely one that... Uh, is gonna is gonna push her, I think, green abilities to to their limits, even with the enhancements that she has from Woodrow now. Um, but I'm really interested in this new CEO lady who kind of has, you know, some other kind of connection to the green, um, and and also has a past with Woodrow. Um, and, and as she alludes to, it was probably very similar to uh, Isley, Pamela Isley's own experiences. Um, so it'll be interesting to see G. Will Wilson kind of expand on that. Um, new art team, Agreed. kind of odd at first, definitely an adjustment at first, but, um, I think there's some panels in here that look really, really good. Um, and if I remember correctly, this artist is one of the artists from the Milestone Initiative. So this is like one of their first works on a comic ever. Um, That's so, cool, you know, man. props for, I mean, for the, doing a pretty serviceable job. They are listed as a guest artist, but yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the art yeah. and the issue. Definitely, yeah. So this one got an eight out of ten for me. I'm, uh, still, still in the series, but I think this one was a little better than some of the previous issues. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, honestly, weird as it is, I don't think I even realized that there was a, a different artist. I think it just kind of flowed for me very well with the um, with the designs and and the the art the styles. I thought it was perfect. So I really enjoyed the art in this issue. Uh, the story was just a little dull compared to what we had in the first six issues not saying it was bad like it was still an interesting story just compared to the first arc the first arc was amazing uh and this arc while it is starting out i'm curious to see how it'll go uh 
it's an interesting new direction. I'm also down for the CEO as a villain. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, and we did get kind of a promise in issue six that Harley will show up at some point. So I'm curious if Harley is going to come to Pam's rescue next issue since she's seemingly dead now. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we know that's not going to be the case. Yeah. At least for a few more issues. <laughs> yeah, there's there's still another five to go. <laughs> so, those are some yeah, we'll extensive see, we'll see. notes, Brandon. Oh, What's yeah. up? I said those are some extensive notes. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really went all in. Oh, wow. Oh, man, I can't wait to dig into this. <laughs> I know. I shared I a picture of them in Discord. That's what we're, yeah, what we're gathering Three about. pages. Yeah, an original work from the librarian. I love this. I know. <laughs> yes. Someday uh, we'll need to get those signed, Rob. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, so this is uh, for Poison Ivy number 7 I gave an 8.5 out of 10 uh, fairly good read I must say still one of the best books of the year definitely yeah. I feel like a lot of DC's best books right now are their, their limited series which is interesting I don't, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know what that says and worrisome exactly, at the but... same time yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you have good content that has a conclusive ending but at the same time token by the same token it's like they all end there's nothing that's ongoing which is a little yeah. odd but maybe that's what the market wants right now it could be it's it's easier to collect and yeah that's it's true easier to tell a story right yeah you get less filler which i don't know i i, I do enjoy ongoings i think more than miniseries yeah definitely all right, well, that was our books for the week. Uh, now we're going to jump into our top three and favorite moments. If you have one, uh, Brandon, you want to start us off? Absolutely. So at number three, I have Poison Ivy, just another solid addition to the series this week. But again, I think this one was the one that really kind of um, pulled me back in and it got me excited. At number two, I had Sword of Azrael number five. Uh, as Rob said, I think we're all going to be a little sad to see the series go, but hopefully it'll go out with a bang. And if this this issue is any indication, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I think we, we can expect something good. Uh, but my number one, physics aside, is going to Batman number one thirty uh, because it was just a damn good issue, really well polished and, and put together and exciting. Um, and and it, I don't know. It's I think we've talked about it a couple of times, but it just feels really good to have Batman, um, the main Batman title anyway, in a place where it's exciting to read. Um, and that's definitely what yes. I feel right now. Um, yeah. So props to that. But my favorite moment of this week was quite difficult to choose because there were many, but I have to give it to the first story from Dark Crisis Warzone, number one, because I'm a sucker for these I don't even know if you can call it slice of life moments, but the more relatable moments. But it's just Linda and Iris going back and forth about Wally and Barry. And it was that, that whole thing of like, does it ever get better? No, it really doesn't. Like, I was just, I don't know. There's just something so charming about that. I couldn't help but, uh, but smile. So that was my favorite moment for this week. All right. Rob, I'm still trying to figure something else out um, for my top three. So why don't you go first? Okay. Um, and number three, I had 
Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Really enjoying that one as much as I'm enjoying number two, Sword of Asriel, uh, which is, I, I already stated, I'm loving the anime influence. And number one, I also had Batman number 130 because it's, it's like a summer blockbuster of an issue. Yeah. It's like, like Fast and the Furious, but Batman. And I think they actually did a movie where they did fall from space in cars it is uh it is all about family too and you really it's all about family <laughs> really? arc yeah, has it's... been all about family yeah no if, Wait, you, hold if on. you're gonna say it like that you gotta say it in a mumble growl it's all about family. it's all about family um, wait hold on isn't brandon the one that does this good <laughs> yeah brandon you're the one that I, does I, I don't want to embarrass myself by doing a poor vin diesel voice I, I do it again. You've already done it before. So That's how I know Vin you do it. Vin Diesel. Really? Poor Vin Diesel oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Come on, I'm waiting. Oh, wait. No, no, I can't. Next time, I promise. Next. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm in the right place family. for it. I was probably sick or something. <laughs> was, was it? Was it when you were on that cough medicine? <laughs> it very well might have been. Maybe <laughs> it was. I don't. I don't. I Maybe hardly even remember what I said. Oh yeah. man. I, to this day, it's oh, still my favorite anyway. recording session. <laughs> oh my it was I'm the, it was the first fun. time I ever heard Brandon cuss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't thinking. He said something like, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking or something along the yeah. lines. Oh and God. I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Oh, I totally did. <laughs> um... <laughs> As for a favorite moment, though, uh, I had a bit of a hard time picking, but one that kept coming back to me was in Batman with with uh, Bruce and Tim heading off into the the snow to fight failsafe as Batman and Robin, because semantics matter. Um, I just thought it was it was a really oh, cool cool page um, with just the two of them going off together, slow walk mm-hmm. into a run, and then just boom, like they never lost it. Was always yeah. there. All right, eighth pod, Josh. All right, um, number three. After much deliberation between Monkey Prince and this title, I'm gonna give it to Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Number three. Uh, number the two. Exact same position. Yep. <laughs> Uh, number two, Sword of Azrael. Number five, it's just as great as the uh, other book. The other one, I'm just, I'm more into. Um, so number two, I got Sword of Azrael. Number five, and number one, I gave to Poison Ivy. Number seven, continues to be outstanding, even with a guest artist on the book. Like Rob said, it flowed so well. You, I could tell that it was a different artist, but it it was not a problem for me at all and that shit kind of jars me a little bit when that happens and this time it didn't um y'all mentioned that there were several good moments and y'all only picked one so i'm gonna pick up the rest of them uh most of the jokes in the joker made me laugh but my favorite one was when the joker said the doctor said i needed a brain transplant i told him i didn't want one but he changed my mind Mm. Mm. <laughs> I fucking love that shit. Um, the the uh, the panel of the little kids wearing the um, Elbat suit uh, helmets that was oh, yeah. that was kind of funny. Um, 
poison ivy when the old lady asked Pam after she defeated the the creature, um, are you in martial arts or something? And Pam says, I'm in landscaping. <laughs> and, and, then, yeah. and, and then finally Batman saying, I told Clark that wearing trunks was a good idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, lot of, I, I kind of forgot he said that because I was just surrounded by what the fuck is science. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. My head was spinning. Now, when I read that, I was like, yes, dive head first into the ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I just, that, that feels more like Looney Tune physics, like Wiley, I, Wiley Coyote strapped to a rocket and somehow he's still <laughs> alive, right. even though the damn thing exploded. Yeah. Well, it's a trick they learned from Tom and Jerry. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, I know. I get it. This is the Batman from Multiverses. Yes. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Man, you know what? I haven't played that game in so fucking long. No, I kind of got tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> Too many tryhards. And yes, if you're listening and you're a diehard Multiverses player, Yes, I'm talking about you. <laughs> and yes, you can say skill issue and I suck and all that jazz and teabag on my, my player's corpse. I don't care. You play too much. Go outside. Touch grass. Come on. Touch grass. Over. <laughs> Touch grass. I like it. All right. So that was our favorite moments. And now it's time for your favorite moments. It is... Oh, that's nasty. Hey, you! (laughs) Amen to that. (laughs) All right, fellas, what made your stink list this week? The book that cost me a lot of money and gave me very little in return, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so mad that this costs extra money and I got a damn anthology. This is not the first time Dark Crisis Warzone, or excuse me, Dark Crisis has done it to me. So Warzone is on my stink list. Pew. Yeah, it, it is also um, on my stink list, Warzone. I think yeah, I'm throw that in I, would, I would say... Well, not a terrible issue. It's definitely the weakest one I have this week, which is um, surprisingly high uh, for, for most of the titles this week. But uh, but yeah, no, this yeah. is it's not terrible. Just just not great or anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There, about it I that. think there was more boring or bad than good in the five stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and more bad than boring. I mean, I want to flush it again. Indeed. Yeah. At least I think there's one more one shot, if I remember right. And then we finally get the last issue. And then it's done. <laughs> what is the what's the next one shot? I don't remember. I was thinking about it today and now I just can't freaking remember. It comes out next week. Dark Crisis on Infinite Frontier War Zone Apocalypse End of the World Multiverse Saga. Number yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one. No, it is where are you? I know you're oh, Dark Crisis Big Bang. Oh, okay, so it's it's 
technically a Dark Crisis tie-in. It's that Mark Wade, uh, here's the new multiverse thing. Ah. The new map of the multiverse. Good. Yeah. That's what we needed. So it's, yeah. <laughs> so while there's not really, as far as we could tell, there's not really going to be any story development, it is basically, it's technically a Dark Crisis tie-in, uh, but more so just... Uh, showing off the new multiverse and where everything sits right now. I, I'm I'm into it. Okay. It's it's called Dark we'll Crisis because it's tied to Dark Crisis. But realistically, they could put it out at any time of year and just call it the, the map of the multiverse. It's not the first time I've done something like this. So I'm, yeah, I'm they don't almost it. have we'll to see. call it Map of the yeah. Multiverse 2022. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 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 don't even volume number that shit. Just put a year on it. Yeah, like an annual. Yes, sir. 2022, number one, part six. Okay, so... Damn, Matt. uh, Any last-minute notes before we head off? Uh, I think I have anything else. I'm just really glad to be reminded that Dark Crisis is almost over. Thank you Two for that, Rob. Thank you for Christmas. That. It's it's DC's Christmas present to you, Josh. Thank you, DC. Thank yeah, you so Christmas much. Actually, what I'm <laughs> most looking forward to, I cannot wait for Dark Crisis number seven. It might be my most anticipated book of the month because what? we get to see how Joshua Williamson ends his event title. <laughs> oh, and you want to rub it in my face if he lands it? How? Okay he's going to end it because the last book he had actually had a decent ending but what the, what book i honestly <laughs> here's the thing i what don't freaking remember i just remember like oh rogues oh pff, that don't count that was all universe i don't care he, I like he it. could do anything <laughs> he wanted and honestly nothing mattered because it's but at least it ended well that's the point <laughs> and the first story arc and robin had a decent like what you can get i guess yeah <laughs> so i'm curious to see how this is going to end if he can stick the landing or not we'll find out you uh, as for like that's in a couple of weeks so we'll have a lot to talk about then uh as for now uh yeah brandon do you have any, any last minute notes no, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it for me. That's it. All right. Well, I guess that means that's our show. So remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Not a Robot Comics and subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't. Be a robot. Right on.
Well, we Hello, are pretty groovy. humans. We're white. <laughs> pretty groovy. Oh, yes, we are. For all the Bruce Campbell fans out there, you know what that's about. So it's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show number 124, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. And with me, as always, is Brandon. Hello, everyone. And Josh. Uh, what? <laughs> You're gonna say, if you ever want to get in touch with us you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com and you can get us on twitter too at notarobotcomics and instagram nar comic books and if you feel like supporting us visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash nar podcasts where you can also access our very own discord server and with some support on buymeacoffee.com you can find your way into the server to talk all things geek with us and other fans one day we'll have them. One day. <laughs> As for today's books, we are looking at Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number three, Dark Crisis, Warzone, number one, Batman, number 130, Sword of Azrael, number five, and Poison Ivy, number seven, as well as a few honorable mentions. But before we get into that, let's get into the news, if there's any at all. Now, how are you guys doing this <laughs> week, there? anyway? Is there, yeah. Uh... I, I'm doing um, very well, much better than last week, which is uh, is nice. Um, uh, very good. Rush, I was very sick, and I was holding on for dear life, but I, I made it through, and I'm feeling a lot better now, which is nice. Um, uh, but that's that's it on the the personal side, I guess. That's good to hear. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you very much. I survived the plague. <laughs> well worthy of applause. Yeah, and Josh, how you doing? Oh man, I'm 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 sore as hell. Uh, apparently, Wednesdays at nine o'clock is just my time for my uh, weekly uh, physical torture therapy. Um, yeah, and every, every every week I come home and they've they've got me doing different exercises, so my body can't even get used to it. They're just they're sadistic right. shits. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they say it's to that make me good. feel better, but I th- they, I th- think that they just like to hurt people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little sadistic, are they? Yeah. I feel like you have to be a little sadistic for that kind of job. The dominatrix out in the out out in public. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Legal BDSM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does that hurt you, when you move your arm like this? Okay, let's move it further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, How about you, Rob? What's uh, what's going on uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh, very little. Got a new Green Lantern figure, so I'm just playing with that right now. Uh, ooh, <laughs> let me see. Let me see. One. Hold it up a to the camera. John Stewart. Well, oh, the, uh, yeah, I like his cannot see, but yes, it is, yeah. a, it is a John Stewart. Very it's, well sculpted John Stewart, if I may say so yeah. myself. It's, it's yeah. the McFarlane superheroes line, if I remember that. It's ah, like that a, little, a little six-inch figures, yeah. Gotta make yeah. the camera bigger so I can see the face. Yeah, yeah I gotta, I don't know. There's a, I can morally nice. zoom in, I guess. It's, but, it's not, yeah. uh, it's not I like the, the most attractive figure, but it looks cool, and I did not have enough John Stewart figures, so I figured, why not? Yeah. 
And McFarland yeah. toys are usually pretty well sculpted, so that's always a good oh, yeah. pickup. Yeah. And the paint job the, is amazing, I must admit. Mm-hmm. Really good. The lantern not being solid and 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 being free swinging, I fucking love that. In a, in yeah, a, in well, it's, figure... it's detachable. It, it's its own little thing. Oh, see that—that's what yeah. I'm talking about. That's—that's that's how it should be. Accessories. They shouldn't just be exactly. something that you flop in their hand. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I like it. Apart from that, that's about it. Oh, <laughs> Christmas shopping. Uh, the uh, yeah, Christmas shopping. Jesus. Wait until yeah. wait until Haley gets older, my man. Wait until Haley yeah. gets older. It does <laughs> nothing but get got... more expensive. Yeah, oh, we, we we've yeah. already spoiled her for her first Christmas. She's not even a year old yet. Who's already spoiled? <laughs> a six-year-old came into the room the other day, and uh, I was playing Gotham Knights, and I was Nightwing. So he looks at me, and then he runs out of the room. And when he when he comes back in, he's got his he's got like a nine-inch tall um, Nightwing. And he oh, yeah. put him in my he put he put him in my the cup holder on my wheelchair and he's like this is for good luck while you're playing. No, <laughs> I, oh, that's very that's sweet. Nice. I shit you not. I did awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought good luck. That is not an easy game. No. No, all the little I, I bought it. I side missions it, and shit, man. It's it's yeah. it is not an easy game. I mean, I imagine unless you're playing it on easy. <laughs> yeah. No. Easy, I, I stopped playing easy a long time ago. Like, if you go yeah. straight to the hard difficulty, you're just going to be good at the game once you can stop screaming at it. You know what? Exactly. For anybody that puts it on easy, those are the people that complain that games are nothing but button mashers. Or it's if you just want like a relaxing afternoon, just beating people up, sure. But I find that gets boring. That's what Hyrule Warriors is for. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, yeah, the missions take a while, but some of them can be a little challenging. No, that's what I'm saying, though. It's just for a nice relaxing afternoon of beating the snot out of people. Hyrule Warriors. Uh, Calamity something. Age of Calamity. Yeah, Age of Calamity, yeah. I mean, either one, really. I still gotta finish Age of Calamity. That's the only one that I've got. They're both really good. Brandon doesn't know what we're talking about because he doesn't have time for video games. (laughs) No, I I have not played in a while. Uh, And if the critics are to be believed, the the Gotham Knights games are not not that rewarding, apparently. But yeah, no, I I haven't played a video game that feels like a really long time. So hopefully I'll have some time soon. The critics also think that Titanic was a fantastic movie and Tom King is an amazing author. (laughs) (laughs) One of those things is true. I'll I'll let the audience decide which one of those things is true. I won't be able to. Oh, Jack. (laughs) Oh, Josh. That ain't even nice. I hate that fucking movie so much. We were just talking about it on the Screens podcast about how much it aggravates me that James Cameron is lauded, yet he's put out fucking movies like Titanic. I, mean, was, I, I actually heard somebody defend it that the bad acting was intentional. 
I said, in oh, a blockbuster no. movie, bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Anyway, it's I not... go off on a tangent about the Titanic movie. Yeah. Well, right. let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's figure out what's going on in the comic world first. You're talking about bad acting in Titanic, but Billy Zane was doing his best, damn it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, um, yes. I did not find any comic book news. Did any of y'all? Nah. <laughs> um, nothing. Yeah. Nothing major, really. Just, uh, I, I uh-huh. had kind of forgot this was even happening, but I was at my, my LCS and was shocked to see uh, on top of the new books pile was a book called Ronin Book Two, which I'd like, I like. I think just because I've been so busy, it completely slipped out of my mind. But yes, there is a sequel to the 1983 Ronin on stands wow. now, um, which is kind Holy of shocking. Cow. It's a little pricey, but um, I, I read the first issue um, earlier this week and, and was, I was quite impressed. I have to say, given that it's been you know almost almost 40 years since that first one came out so yeah um yeah no it's it's uh, it's an impressive return um uh, to the world of ronin and it'll be interesting to see how the series plays out i think it's only going to be three issues or it might be six because the first series was six um but I'm, I'm not entirely sure but each one is kind of like oversized so you're really getting you know a bulk of content uh in each issue but yeah no go check it out if you were a fan of the original series um and then just uh, just want to give a, a shout out to our, our friend, our dear friend and scholar, Mr. Rob Argyle, who visited uh, a, a very, very popular I was just creator, bring that up. Uh, this weekend. Yeah. Well, I, I figured I'd embarrass you a little bit more. Uh, visited uh, a very popular creator this weekend over in Canada uh, and in in the supreme act of kindness uh did something that i did not expect uh but something that absolutely made my day um but i'll I'll let rob explain because he was actually there right uh so first off shout out to treehouse collectibles in scarborough uh, scarborough toronto ontario uh for hosting jeff lemire for the afternoon last saturday which i got to go to as brandon mentioned for he was doing a book signing for about an hour and a half it was a small line consistently. It was quite good. Uh, he had first issues of uh, his latest books available. All the comics were on sale. Uh, he had some big books out, including I got a copy of Essex County, the complete edition uh, for Brandon, signed and doodled by Mr. Jeff Lemire. Uh, who was and the Rob, doodle of? I still haven't read Essex Rob, County, so I don't yes. know who the character is. <laughs> so the, the doodle, yeah, the doodle was of a character, the main character in the first uh, Essex County graphic novel called Tales from the Farm, um, and the main character's name is Lester, and he's pretty much your your you know stereotypical kind of shy comic book reader, but he lives on a farm, so he's even more isolated. And that that first Essex County is one that like hits deep for me because I read it when I was in middle school and it was, it was definitely very personal. Um, so Rob sent me the picture of that and it was, you know, personalized and had my name and the little sketch of Lester. It was like, I just, it was, it was, I was like slightly emotional for me. I was just so taken aback because it was just incredibly kind. Um, and I hadn't, hadn't even asked. I was just thrilled that Rob was finally getting to go to a signing because those are always yeah, fun. First one. Um, and, and this, yeah, I was not expecting this at all. So just, just wanted to give, him, you know, his, his proper shout out and embarrass him a little bit more, even though I already did that on my, my Instagram story. You're very welcome, and thank you for that. Honestly, man, I, I wouldn't have been able to go without you, so it was the least I could do to, to, to oh, show no. my appreciation for 
pointing me in that direction because I didn't even know that that shop existed. That's a side of Toronto yeah, I don't get to very often. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just glad you had fun. I uh, I miss going to store signings. I mean, conventions are fun, but store signings can can always be a really fun person at time. Yeah, especially like I actually found some stuff I I've been looking for for a while. I actually found uh, yeah. a, a Cheetor transformer from the recent <laughs> Kingdom line that I missed. Nice. And been just the only other one I've seen since the friggin' line launched like two years ago. So, yeah. hey Rob, I always yep. enjoyed Transformers, but I don't know that much about Beast Wars. Right. Um, I saw the trailer. I'm interested. <laughs> oh, God, I'm interested just okay. because maybe I'm not. But from what I understand, both Optimus Primal. And Optimus Prime are going to be in it. I don't think I got the the Beast Wars name right, but yes, no, it, you got it right. It's Optimus Primal. Um, they just took Optimus Prime and and made it a Beast type. Um, that it remains to be seen what the hell is going to be going on because the whole story with Beast Wars when it came out back in I think like 1994, while it took place in prehistoric times, that was because of some time travel shenanigans. And the Maximals and Predacons are actually descendants of the Autobots and Decepticons. So uh, the entire battle on Earth between the Autobots and Decepticons are just ancient history for the Maximals and Predacons. Uh, And even in the series, because they traveled back to prehistoric ages and took on animal forms, they actually found the Ark and the Nemesis with all the um, Autobots and Decepticons on prehistoric Earth dormant before they went to G1. Uh, so how the movie is going to play that out is going to be very interesting to see. And I hope they do Beast Wars at least some justice because I'm already not a big fan of the fact that the Beast modes still look like robots. That kind of defeats the purpose of being in disguise. You know, if you if there's a giant robot gorilla swinging around a jungle, that's kind of freaking noticeable as opposed to a furry gorilla because that's kind of just normal. So what the hell's going on here? That's just my opinion. Um, does it does it make sense that Prime and Primal will both be in there at the same in in the same movie? Uh, yes and no. Oh, I figured it was going to be something like that. Like it depends on the continuity you look at, because even the most recent Transformer series that was in on Netflix, um. They had the Maximals yeah. there as well, but I think that was... I don't remember how that happened. I think they traveled to Earth. There might have been some time travel involved. And they met up with the Maximals and Predacons there, so... It does not look like any time travel is going to be happening here. The movie takes place in 1994. So there's probably just going to be another faction of Transformers that are on Earth for some reason. Sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll wait and see what happens. On- wasted concept i don't freaking know we'll see what happens <laughs> i we'll didn't even watch happens. the last two transformers movies because it was kind of just done with the franchise <laughs> but i gotta well, show up for beast wars yeah and speaking of beast wars man um monkey prince number nine i guess i'll just jump into the honorables here yeah, um, let's go for it. It, uh monkey prince number nine man i am enjoying the shit out of this series it's had a couple bad ones i've had a couple is but for the most part, that's a fun one. Gotham City Year One Number Three. That still sucks, 
and Batman and Joker <laughs> Deadly Duo number two. I, I don't know. Like I'm I'm both enjoying it and I'm apprehensive about it. I don't I don't know. I'm just kind of, I get I'm like really riding that fence on my tiptoes. I'm not sure which way I fall on it yet. But a lot of other people seem to like it, so take that for what it's worth. I usually disagree with everybody, so I'm probably gonna end up hating it. <laughs> I, I haven't read the last two yet, but I, I will corroborate your monkey prince idea. It's a really fun book. Indeed. Nice. I really like Shifu. Yeah, Shifu Pigsy is great. Okay, so with that, we're going to take a quick bite of the Joker. I know that sounds gross. Maybe a little taste funny, but we'll see. How <laughs> uh, I regret that one, though. That was such a bad, dumb joke. Oh god! No, I don't care. That was no. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is the Joker: colon, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number three, written by Matthew Rosenberg with art from Carmine Digian. Oh my gosh, such a mouthful of a name. Digian Domenico. <laughs> uh, colors from Arif Prianto and letters from Tom Napolitano. I, I nearly just went right into my notes. Gosh, get professional, Rob. <laughs> Uh, so where we left off last issue, Harley Quinn's yacht slash ferry, depending on who you ask, uh, has uh, <laughs> the Joker on board as well as Red Hood, who has just arrived and has pulled the Joker out the door and is beating him senseless with his fists and guns. Um, just as uh, Jason is about to oh, finish really? him off, uh, Joker pulls the old uh, sight gag of, hey, look behind you, it's Batman. And then Jason looks, and there's no Batman as Joker falls off the side of the boat into the water below as Jason fires many rounds into the water, strikes him in the leg, and that's the last we see. Uh, meanwhile, at the Hall of Doom, the other Joker has met up with the Legion of Doom, who don't really want him anymore. Not for any reason in particular, but they already have an, uh, a replacement with Punchline. So while they still, as Lex Luthor says, still need his brand of crime and humor, uh, they don't necessarily need him. So he's shooed away along with his various henchmen dressed in various costumes uh, that look a lot like various members of the Legion of Doom. Very right. insulting punchline, to the Legion of Doom. Punchline seems to uh, just put the Joker away, huh? Yeah, which is quite surprising. She's they're really hitting home that she is not just another Harley Quinn. Uh, I kind of appreciate that. Uh, over at the Gotham River, two uh, guys are out doing some ice fishing. I, I feel like a, a city river is not a really good place to do that, but we'll see. I, I can tell you Lake <laughs> Ontario and Toronto is not a good place to fish, but that's just me. Uh, and instead, they find the Joker's dead, deceased corpse. But then, surprise, he's not dead. He was only mostly dead. It means he's partially alive. And he asks for the guy's coat. Uh, presumably that guy is now dead. Because when the Joker asks for something, he takes it by force. He goes to the hospital, where once again, he uh, semi-kidnaps a doctor and asks him to fix him because he's just been feeling ill all day. Uh, shows off a gunshot wound to the head and then various gunshot wounds in his body. So the doctor does what he can to um, patch him up. Uh, and then asks him to perform brain surgery on Joker. Uh, meanwhile, that got without knocking him out. 
without knocking him out. Um, the cops. You know up. what? That was probably the most gruesome Joker scene that I've seen since the New Fifty Two, where he cut his face off. That was in the New Fifty Two, wasn't it? Yeah, New Fifty Two. Yeah. Early on. Yep. Yeah. Um. I, I just remember this was supposed to be a quick bite, and I just did a long one. <laughs> my mistake. It's like, it's so to make a long night, story short, make it, it's, a, it's, it's a really good meal. Uh, to make a long story short, since we're pretty much at the end, the cops show up, and the Joker's maybe killed that doctor, stole his jacket, and walks away. Um, Yeah, I, I am just completely invested in this mystery that's going on with the two Jokers. Much oh, yeah. better than three. You'd think more is better, but no less is better. Um, who the hell is this? This other joke, like the so, the Joker. Which that one takes is all the, the real wounds. Joker? Yeah, which one's the real one? Why is this other Joker dying so much and then surviving? He's taking gunshots to the head, the chest, the leg. He's been drowned like twice. He's been beat up, cut open. Who is this well, guy? You and can't thinking, survive a gunshot to the head. You can. But I think, I, to me, it feels like they're trying to point to us that the guy wandering around with the hole in his head is the is the clone, and the other guy is the original Joker. And is that I supposed to be a reference to to the? Do you guys remember from the Grant Morrison Batman run when Joker got shot in the first issue and kind of became like that weird, creepy, truncated Joker that? The Clown at Midnight, I think, is the official title that spoken all over is a lot more homicidal. Shit, Brandon, I completely forgot about that. I mean, this this one doesn't speak in all lowercase. So. No, it might just be a fun like Easter egg. I don't know, but it could be. Just maybe think of that. Clown um, does. My my only other thought was, I mean, that's a weird sentence. I just realized he, he's not really speaking in all lowercase. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Okay. Um, my only other thought that always kind of bugged me was during Scott Snyder's run. You had the Joker, like you mentioned, Josh, cut his own face off. And so cool. he just fell out into some water in the Batcave. And then his face was found later on by Dwella Dent. And she became the Joker's daughter. So his face was still with her. So presumably he did not have a face. But then he just showed up 15 issues later, or 20 issues later. They do explain that. They say that he fell into, I forget what the chemical was called, but it was basically, it it was like one of those, if you remember back to Dark Knight's Metal, they talk about how Batman was like doused in all these different uh, chemical elements. And one of those, I forget which one it was called, but Joker also fell into that and it repaired his face. Oh. Yeah. Oh, was, me, this maybe, is Scott was Snyder. That, he covers every single base, sometimes too much. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that the same near the, the end of his run, I think, uh, when Endgame finished? And Batman... That and was, yeah, they, they explained it in Endgame. The same... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Well, yeah. fair enough. So there goes that theory. I thought maybe mm-hmm. that Joker was still alive, and then mm-hmm. the Joker in Endgame was his next Joker. I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Well, that's all I got. I'm invested. The art's great. The story's fun. Uh, the two Jokers are very interesting. 8.75 out of 10. 
Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. It's a, a solid mystery, definitely. And I, I do enjoy the art. It's got like this murky, written vibe to it that really works with the sort of tone of the story right now. Um, I think yeah. playing out this mystery in a more um, long form fashion is good. I don't want to get stale, obviously, but, um, you know, letting it kind of sit for a little bit so you can actually think about it as opposed to just trying to solve it in three issues and not do a great job. Um, is, is not the best way to go. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I definitely enjoyed this. And I gave this uh, 8.5 out of 10. Oh, uh, it gave, got an 8 out of 10 from me, man. Um, pretty much already interrupted and said everything that I wanted to say. Um, I'm thinking it maybe it's not necessarily a Three Joker spinoff, or maybe it's both a Three Joker spinoff. And like Brandon said, um, it could be... Actually, I'm wondering if it's not reaching back to when Joker got shot in the head um, or if there's some kind of strange clown hunter connection with him always as Rob said uh, speaking in lowercase um, I this could be great I'm a little apprehensive about it because it could fall flat like on a dime uh, but the art man uh, inside and the cover too it's all fucking grade A stuff uh, there's so much talent here um, God, we've talked way longer than we should have about this. Yeah, I thought this was supposed to be quick. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so back, the backup that. again is just old timey Joker stuff. But uh, we're gonna have to talk about this next time um, about which Joker we think the the real yeah. one is. I mean, when when we were building the schedule for this, I, I mentioned to Josh. Uh, like the last couple of issues, like they're they're good, but not much has happened, so there's not going to be much to talk about. And then I read this, I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> right. There's there's going to be some stuff to talk about. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've shown a spotlight on Joker. Yeah. May as well <laughs> shine a spotlight on many other people. We need a lot of spotlights. There's a lot of people. Yes, sir. With Dark Crisis Warzone number one. And Brandon is going to tell us all about those people. I will. And thankfully, I, I managed to, to write everything down. So we're going to do this in a very crisp, clean, and, and orderly fashion. So this <laughs> is wonderful. Dark Crisis Warzone number one. This is an anthology focusing on various heroes and team-ups during the big battle against the Dark Army and the Secret Society in Washington, D.C. Features a variety of creative teams, though each story is lettered by Trevor Terry and colored by Matt Herms with the exception of the third story, which has colors from Pete Pantazes. The first story, written by Jeremy Adams, with art by Fernando Passarin and inks by Matt Ryan, is a team-up from the best partners in the DCU, Iris West and Linda Park. The Flash Wives go solo in this short story, and they team up to fight off members of the Secret Society after saving some kids. The second story, written by Frank Thierry, with pencils and inks by Serge Acuna, sees Jim Corrigan team up with Raven to rejoin his soul to the Spectre. More to come on this fight between Jim and the Spectre, at least internally speaking, in the future. The third story, written by Stephanie Williams, with pencils and inks from Caitlin Yarsky, very impressive, features the Amazons lending a hand uh, and a sword um, against the Dark Army and the Secret Society, as well as helping people in need around Washington, D.C. At the end, Anahi has a disastrous vision of dark and death following the battle, so sure we'll see more of that in the final issue of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. The fourth story, written by Matthew Rosenberg, with art from George Camp Dias, focuses on the GLC, also lending a hand in the big fight. 
focuses more on Joe Mullane and Guy Gardner, different generations of lanterns and making the right calls in fighting the army and protecting the core. And finally, our last story written by Delilah S. Dawson with pencils and inks by Tom Derenick. And I'm, I put colors by Matt Herms, but you kind of already know that at this point. Follows Red Canary, still trying to prove herself as a new hero, teaming up with Black Canary, who Red Canary believed was dead after Justice League at number 75, like the rest of the DCU. Um, there's some good stuff here. I really enjoyed the first story with uh, Iris and uh, Linda. Just a, a really fun team up and, and kind of seeing them uh, commiserate about what it's like to be married to a Flash is very entertaining. Uh, the second story was fun. But I think I'm more interested to see what the payoff is going to be rather than the story itself. The third story is serviceable, but it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know, it's like the general, like, ooh, rah, rah, like, yeah, the Amazons are coming and helping out. And really the only interesting thing is the last part with the Anaki's vision. The fourth story is fun. Um, it's always great having some, some classic GLC content. Um, and I think the writer does a great job capturing the different uh, personalities of each one. I like seeing Gardner and uh, Joe Mullane kind of spar with each other. Um, and then the last story was fine, but I, I think I know we know so little about Red Canary that it's kind of hard to really feel attached to this character as you know as of yet. Um, so I'm still kind of yeah I'm, I'm still on the fence about about Red Canary, um, and I don't know if this story really changed my mind. Um, but collectively, not a bad anthology, just nothing you know particularly impressive here. Um, so I gave the whole thing a seven point seven five out of ten. Huh. What do you think, Rob? Uh, I, my score is actually right on the nose with Brandon too. It also seven point seven five. Kind of funny <laughs> how that happened. Um, I was trying to remember all the stories that happened when I was writing my review, and I had no data left to my phone, so I couldn't actually go back and check which ones. I actually missed the Amazons in my <laughs> review. So when Close. I did the tally score, it was out of four books instead of five. So. But I think 7.75 is still a, a good score for this as a whole. Uh, the Iris and Linda story had a great team up. I'm hoping this flows into the Flash ongoing series. Uh, maybe in one Star Crisis all over and Barry maybe returns. Uh, uh, Iris and Linda can have a few more team ups. Uh, maybe Definitely. Barry and Wally can learn a thing or two from their wives. That'd be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spectre was very interesting will there be more? That remains to be seen I, I kind of hope there is now that Jim Corrigan is back in the picture we'll see how that goes yeah I hope so uh, I'm assuming so yeah I mean you, you can't do something like that and not expect there to be more down the line um, Amazons was really nice to see with some evolution to the lore and Themyscira as a whole uh, now that they're more accepting and open to visiting man's world in general, which is really good. Uh, Green Lanterns, the art was okay, not great. Also, some of the characters for me felt a little off. Uh, Guy Gardner, while he was still arrogant, he didn't seem like the typical arrogant. And even Joe felt right. like the voice was a little... I don't know. Maybe it's just been too long since I've I've read like a current Green Lantern book I enjoyed. <laughs> so I just I forget That's what fair. it's like. Yeah, I don't know. Uh they just felt off to me. Um I still enjoyed it. It was cool, but you know, it's just I don't know. Something was off for it. Uh the Red Canary story was cool, but ultimately did feel like a one eighty 
on her her personality and story from the dark army one shot where she was proving herself she was out there she's like yeah i'm a hero screw you robin you don't know what you're talking about i know what i'm doing and then now all of a sudden she's like i don't know what i'm doing robin's right i gotta run away what what is that <laughs> well i guess I mean, you almost she... died but what happened to the confidence you had five minutes ago it's... well she almost died <laughs> yeah i mean hell if if she's somehow related to ollie <laughs> this man had confidence coming out of his pores to the point that he did die twice I'm not saying she should die, <laughs> but it just that's it what just it sounds like, Rob. That's weird. It, it just feels like. weird that her confidence just was <laughs> shattered completely. Like you, you know, you're going into a war zone where all these villains from across the cosmos are coming to kill you, and you're like, "Yeah, no, nah, I can do it." And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It just felt weird to me. But seven point seven five out of ten. Uh, I didn't hate it. Huh. Alright, uh, first story, uh, I'll keep mine very succinct. First story, good art, 100% completely useless and pointless story. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Iris and Linda? Yes. It, it, was, it was boring as hell to me. Second story, good art, interesting setup with Spectre and Corrigan. Um, I gave that a 7 out of 10. Third story, the Am- Amazon story. Uh, another great example of art, but again, these pages were really filled for absolutely no reason. I felt like there was nothing there that really added anything significant to the lore or anything. Another 5 out of 10. The fourth story, lettering was not fun to read. Overly casual with regular heights, the formatting was messed up, didn't like it at all. Uh, the art was not for me, and again, more total pointlessness. Um, I, I, it, this one just—it was so unappealing to me. It was—I gave it a two out of ten. And then, and then, story number five. Um, although it was kind of pointless too, it did have a sliver of making it better in it. That was the black slash red canary introduction because I'm curious as to how that will go if a a black canary is going to get a new protege and um, I mean she's acknowledging her as a canary so that's that's a good sign that we'll get more of that and the art was pretty damn good in there so I gave that one a 7 out of 10 but overall even with the math I broke it down I'm rounding it up and I'm giving it a 5.25 out of 10 this, this book was way too expensive for basically nothing at all. As fair far enough. as I'm concerned, anyway. <laughs> that is completely fair. Uh, either you guys think maybe when Red Canary is a little more established, there's going to be, you know, we have Green Arrow and Black Canary, there's going to be Red Arrow and Red Canary. And we're going to see... Certainly possible, yeah. Emiko show up and just around i think there might be around the same age too yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't rule it out yeah yeah or or if so red arrow's just a little bit older i'm getting a young vibe from red canary but i mean i I think in this story she said she was a teenager or the last last appearance she said she was at least a teenager yeah, Red uh, Red Arrows in in current continuity they they are they're like in their early twenties, right? 
Mm-mm. I thought it was still late a teenager. Teens. Yeah, still a teenager. Uh, still a teenager. Okay. Oh, right on then. Okay, cool. I smell a new team coming. Yeah. Like a, a, a teen team, right? Like a new team yeah. team almost? Yeah. Like a, a new teen team and, and then maybe even an additional team with the um newer legacy heroes, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to explain yeah, that. Yeah, and it's definitely possible. Justice League uh, Junior. <laughs> it, dude, I, I got... <laughs> I fucking hope not. I would rather have <laughs> I would rather have Super Friends than Justice League Junior. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's I grew possible. up watching that cartoon though. Yeah, like you have all the the characters you need right now <laughs> to make a new version of Super Friends. Why not? <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Maybe call it something. Oh, great. Uh, with that, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned.